Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound, as always. And if you own a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to go check them out. Get in touch with Evan Orvath or contact one of us, and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Today's episode is also brought to you by PlanBSales.com and CircleBDieCast.com. If you're looking for any diecasts or any other NASCAR memorabilia, be sure to check them out and use promo code BFP123 for free shipping on orders over $20. We would also like to thank Any Racing News and the Graphics Group for their support, and of course, the pals over on Patreon. We cannot thank you guys enough. Without you guys, none of this would be possible. You guys are really what keeps this ship afloat. Head on over to patreon.com slash blackflagpodcast to become a pal today. For just $4.69 a month, you get some monthly giveaways, some merchandise discounts, and of course, some exclusive content. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pull hair, so. Maggie forgets that if they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so. Uh... Occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we had some out we beat him so it's all good all right boys and girls uh we are back live in the solero commerce compound as always i am charlie sanborn at c sanborn iii to my left is bradley saucier at bsauce 96 and to his left is at bobby timmons 13 on all things social media together we are at black flag pod again on all things social media uh, that being said, go head on over to wherever you get your apps from, look on the Patreon app, look up the Black Flag Podcast, where you will be able to get some merchandise discounts, uh, be able to hear some exclusive content, and be able to lay some questions down for guests that we have, where later on in this show, we're going to hear from Woody Pitcat, which I think was a damn good interview, boys. I agree. Yeah, it was very, uh, it flowed well. It was very, very uh, quick. There wasn't many, many stoppages as uh, as there is in, in uh, a lot of shows, especially on Zoom. It's tough. You uh, yeah. kind of can't get the right pauses and stuff, but today I feel like we kind of nailed it. Yeah, it was a good interview. It was nice of him to come on the Black Flag Podcast, which is the official podcast of all things Will Smith related, and we're going to break it down for the, over <laughs> the next 30 minutes for you before we get to Woody. Uh, we're also the official Jack Sauer Podcast. I don't know if you just saw the tweet that came through, but uh, oh, no. Jeremy Bush at Bushwhacker underscore 248 said, I'm going to blame a summer full of intoxication on the at black flag pod after i just tried my first jack sire man i'm fucked thanks boys so <laughs> i've never had one brad and i indulged in the homemade jack sours saturday night um he here me at my place of residency and for sure um got into an iRacing server had some listeners i apologize that i don't remember their names noah boucher 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 yeah, Bouchard. and one of them, someone else, one of them, <laughs> one of them for sure was like, "You guys drinking Jack Sours?" And we're like, "Fuck yeah, we are!" And I wrecked that guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> drove right into him on a restart. Did, 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 did he deserve out. it, Bob? No, I was just shit faced. Oh, okay. I'm not a thousand percent sure Bobby's plan ever when it gets on when he gets on iRacing because we practice for like 45 minutes. We we practice again and then we qualify. And then the race starts, and Bobby just goes, all wires crossed, just gets kicked immediately, and then he's, like, sitting out of the lobby while all of us are still in there racing. <laughs> he's like, you guys almost done? No. <laughs> no, we're on lap five, Bob. That, that's every know. iRacing experience ever. You just practice yeah, for, I don't like, know why three guy, and a half days. I don't know why they kicked me out of the late model race at Hickory. I only wrecked three cars before we even took the green. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. Holy fuck. Uh, had a good time. So the weekend did happen. Uh, what'd you do, Bob? Um, 
pretty mellow weekend. Worked on race car. Uh, worked on my new car all weekend. Got a lot done. Uh, Friday night, me and my lady friend uh, went to Eric's church. This is where my weapon of the week uh, uh, occurred. Um, went to see. Oh no, is it her? Nope. No, okay, good. She can stay. <laughs> uh, but we're at we're at Eric's and um, it's packed like normal. Stolen Mojo's there. Um, and this girl, she's this girl's like bouncing around, like buzzing. Too early in the night to be buzzing, but it's like okay, whatever, you know. And this girl um, apparently had fallen over in the bathroom, and and kind of caused a scene there. And then she fell over and like crashed into me where I was sitting at my table early in the night. And I just laughed it off, like she's having fun, whatever, not really bothering anybody. Girls' night. Yeah. Well, she was there. With her, she was there with her, I assume is her boyfriend, and um, so it was obviously like I had mentioned, it's getting really busy. And our poor waitress, you know, we're sucking down cor- uh, Corona lights as quick as she can bring them over. So I say, hey, let's let's just get two. Like, give me two. Rusty says, yeah, I'll take two as well. So she comes over, sets two of them down in front of me, and this girl walks over and just grabs one. Oh, yeah. And starts drinking it. Wow. And all of us at the table, there's four of us sitting at the table, we all just look at this girl, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And she sets it back down, slides it in front of me, and she's like, I know, just some random bitch. And I, like, slide it back over to her. I was like, you, you can have this. I, I don't want this. <laughs> you mouth-hugged my drink. It's yours now. And so she, like, stumbles off, and... One of the other girls that's sitting at the table with us, Jenna, she grabs the beer and walks over to their table. Is like, you forgot this. And meanwhile, this girl, like, lights are on. No one's home. Her boyfriend's, like, scrambling to gather all their things. She fucks off. He's trying to leave. And as they leave, two other dudes come in, and they're like, well, what's going on here? And uh, they come over to us. I was like, yeah, do you guys, like, know that girl? And they're like, well, no, like, we know her boyfriend, but we don't really know her. I was like, yeah, she just straight up just took a beer from me. <laughs> like, I was kind of laughing it off. And they're like, well, did uh, did he buy you another one? I'm like, no, nah, he just dipped. And he's like, well, that's kind of a scumbag move. So they bought me two more. So I thought, oh. thought that was cool. And they, they thanked me, said, thanks for being a normal, civilized human. So, so that's your weapon? The, yeah, the that, that girl. Like, who, yeah. like, I've been like uh, a hazard to sobriety many times in my life, but I've never been drunk enough where um, I've just walked up to a random table and just taken one of their beers and drank it, like looked me in the eye and drank it. That's how you get punched in the face, usually. Yeah, and you're not supposed to hit women. Well, but if that was a dude, I'd have probably... Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know if I'd have gone full Will Smith, um, <laughs> but uh, this is the official podcast of all things Will Smith. Um, Does he know that? <laughs> hopefully not. I fucking hate Will Smith. Tweet that. <laughs> uh, oh, so, no. so, yeah, no, the Friday night we did that. Saturday night, like I said, got drunk at home by myself. Um Played iRacing Sunday, worked on Super Modifieds. New cars coming along real good. I think we're going to make the first race at Oxford. That's cool. Barring any uh, catastrophic failures um, between now and then, which is highly likely when it comes to big block Super Modifieds. So this is going to be the the Pro All-Star Series Super Modified Tour? (laughs) Yeah, the New England Super (laughs) Series. Um, It it was the New England Big Block Super Modified Series, but they realized that was too many letters to put on a sticker, so they just cut it down to New England Super Series. (laughs) The Nesbiz Series. Now it's just Ness with the same logo as past, but it's Ness. Mm, It is what it is. Um, Uh, What did you do, Radley, this weekend? Um, well, I worked a lot last week, and I ended up going uh, Friday night. Basically, just stayed at work pretty late. Went to the gym, and then uh, it was all hot and pumped. I was like, Penguins play the Rangers at 7. I don't typically get to go home and just sit on the couch and watch hockey ever, so I'm going to make sure that I do that today um, just in time for them, the Rangers, that is, to score four goals in the first four and a half minutes of the game, and I turned it off, and I don't really know what I did after that. <laughs> I think I, uh, I, think I, I did a little bit of... Um, a little, little, a little bit of leaf. 
and watch Danny Duncan. Them, oh, them getting, I think getting I getting high that. and watching Danny Duncan is you so a, you fun. You had a left-handed cigarette? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a left-handed cigarette. I was trying to think. Of, I was actually probably like, that was probably the word I was trying to pull out. But I was trying to be really like nonchalant and just fucking, that, that was cool. Left-handed cigarette sounds fucking cool. I'm going to use that for the rest of my life. But yeah, definitely uh, definitely got a little, uh, little tuned up and uh, watched Danny Duncan for at least two hours. And I think actually I fell asleep on the couch and woke up at like 2.30 in the morning and ended up uh, relocating to my bed uh, where I where I meant to land <laughs> anyways. So um, that was convenient because I had to get up pretty early on Saturday. Not that I had to, but I wanted to go golfing. Um, uh, doing grass down in Saco is doing like a uh, first come first serve. They're not even letting you like book a tee time. So they opened at 8.30 and I was like, all right, I'm going to be there at 8. I assumed that there was already going to be a line for sure showed up and there was no one there. They let us tee off at 8.30. There was still no one there. Um, just woke up a little early and started boozing. Um, put a little bit of ice in a Yeti. Put a little bit of Sour Mix in a Yeti. Put a little bit of Jack in a Yeti. Wed. And just <laughs> headed off to the first tee. Was this and one wed. Yeti or was this multiple Yetis? <laughs> no, this is actually, uh, this is actually one of those, those big hosses. He would take, gallon he would take a sip of Sour Mix out of one, <laughs> a sip of Jack out of the other, and then eat an ice cube and chomp it down. And that's it was, how he. That's was, how Brad, where he's upping his game. It was one of <laughs> he them, just filled a cooler. Yeah, it's it a three-piece. One of them big coolers with a friggin' spigot on it that usually drain the water out, but I was just draining Jack Sour down the gullet. But I gotta try um, one of these. You boys drink no, those I a lot, and I'm just afraid to. Went out and... not terrible. Had had myself a day. Made my way back home. Watched the uh, Nash trucks with, uh, with Tyler Johnson. He was here for a while. Uh, went over and saw my nana, and then um, came nice. back. Well, she's good. Yeah. She's good. Yeah, it's great. She. Uh, I was for sure uh, for sure told my my grandmother that she has significantly less hair than my mother. Um, while my mother was sitting right there, and I got hit. <laughs> so um, they went Will Smith C- on you. CPS is. Um, <laughs> Hopefully not listening, but uh, yeah, uh, came back home, watched the Xfinity race. Big NASCAR weekend, kind of just stayed on the couch, watched a lot of races. Yeah, the and, races uh, from the Oval of the Americas were all very entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Saturday, like like Bob said, kind of just a uh, little bit of Jack Sours. I basically uh, had snapped Bob that I was drinking a Jack Sour, and uh, I think I got on iRacing and uh, had stopped drinking and started pounding water just naturally. I'm uh, going to end up going to bed, and then Bob's like, is it an iRacing night? And I was like, well, if it is, then I guess I'm going to have to go pour myself another Jack Sour, which I ended up pouring two more. Uh, and like Bob said, got into a lobby with a couple uh, couple friends of the program, and uh, they for sure, first thing, asked if we were drinking Jack Sours. And then by the time we went into turn one, they knew that we were drinking Jack Sours. So, um, <laughs> I think the fact that um, you and I, we jumped into super late models at North Wilkesboro, and we're like, we're just him and I on Discord, and we're like, dude, we're fucking hauling ass. Like, we're fast. Uh, 17 cars in the lobby. Brad and I were 16th and 17th <laughs> yeah. by a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's usually how that goes. I, I, so I don't have the attention span or the give a fuck or the wherewithal to do anything good on iRacing ever. But so I basically jumped on and I was like, I'm gonna run a f- an official race. I feel like I'm just gonna run an official race. I'll run in the back if I have to, like whatever, which never happens. So uh, I joined the f- the only thing. The first thing that was gonna be starting was a a fixed rate, a fixed super late model race, or no fixed. Yeah, fix Super Late Models at South Boston, which I fucking hate South Boston, first off, on iRacing at least. Um, very tight and very not good for uh, the safety rating. So I uh, I joined in, had zero incident points through 65 laps, got tagged a little bit on one of the last restarts, had uh, two uh, got a 2x out of that deal, and then got dumped on the last lap running uh, fourth or fifth after making my way up from, like, 17th. So um, I was really proud of myself until I wasn't, and... Um, 
yeah, we just I raced and got drunk all Saturday, and then all I did Sunday was uh try to go to Ma- Maine Maple Sunday or whatever. Uh, Maryfield's Farm in Gorham had a line that was at least like the the cars were parked at least two miles away from the place. So uh, my dad and I used to do that all the time, and we had it in obviously a very long time, but no one really had in the last two years. So we went there, never made it in, kind of just drove right past. Uh, the first time we drove past, I was like, I, I forget, I don't think. I they, any of these places take cash I mean take card and I don't have any cash so that might be a problem so we circled back around went over to, to Joe's in Gorham and uh, when we pulled in the parking lot realized we still didn't get cash so we're like ah fuck it we'll just go out to lunch or breakfast somewhere so went up to Kelly's and Wyndham and then uh, yeah just sat on the couch watched the race for sure took a power nap in the middle of it because those races are too long and I don't like road courses all that often but the finishes of any race are uh, really what you tune in for and the finish yesterday was phenomenal so we'll get to that in a little bit but what uh, would what, you do I uh, spent a lot of time at the shop this weekend. Uh, Matt and I made a plan to get up and get to the shop by 9 a.m. Saturday, so naturally I showed up at about 11. And uh, Right on brand. <laughs> and uh, we got a lot done. I mean, we showed up Saturday morning, and the thing had no fenders, no hood, nothing at all on it. And by the end of Saturday, it was wrapped, uh, everything fitted, and pretty much ready to go. I'd say it's like 93% ready for Friday. Uh, to bring it down to the the hockey game there, where we're we're gonna have a time, but uh, basically it's Saturday and Sunday, and most most of those days we were in the shop and just getting that ready, and then Sunday evening uh, got to see Kevin and Leanne uh, for the first time since the wedding that I was the best man at, so that was a good time. had a had a few laughs over at uh, Rivalries in Falmouth, and then I went to bed, and then I went to work today, which leads me directly into my weapon of the week. So typically my alarm goes off at like. 5, 5.30, I tell it to fuck off. I lay there for another 30 minutes, then I get up, shower, and go to work. So I get there just after 7 o'clock, and I see somebody standing at the door. Mind you, we don't open till 7, 7.30, okay? The, you, we can't do anything until 7.30. guy's pounding on the fucking door. I'm not even out of the truck yet. I'm barely parked. Like, fuck, all right. So I get out, go in, go in there. Now, mind you, the place I work at, it's the last part of it says tires and service. Okay, so what kind of service? Well, <laughs> well, so Ooh. knowing that and reading that, assuming you can read and you can, you're not deaf and you can hear it. What would you assume that we offer for goods and services? Sexual ones. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, uh, probably tires and automotive work. Correct. Was yeah. This, was okay. this guy there trying to get like a furnace or? Bob, I'm not joking. <laughs> when the doors open at 7:30 and he comes flying through the door distraught so i'm thinking okay this guy's car is fucked like it's it's on fire or something like i don't know like this guy just had the worst morning ever i'm not even joking he needed a little trees he opens the door looks me square in the eyes dead serious do you do you guys sell plungers here Uh, i was like for for toilets he's like yeah i was like (laughs) nah dude what did he think VIP was? Uh, very, very plungers. Very <laughs> impressive fucking poops, I guess, because I don't know what the fuck came to that guy's mind. But, like, could not have been more serious and more distraught. Comes through the door asking, do you guys sell plungers here? Let, you should have sold him the one from the bathroom. I should have just grabbed it, honestly. <laughs> Hustled it for, like, 20 like, bucks. Like, I got this one in the bag. It's 20 bucks. Cash only. <laughs> Hang on. Let me get an RO written up for you real quick. It, fuck it. That blew my mind. It, that That's what started my day today. 
Uh, so and then another one. Mm, this so, world would be so much better if there wasn't so many people. Oh my god, people are just. It's the worst part so about. Oh, dumb. I'm cheering on a pandemic, pandemic, honestly. So, so naturally, Give it a real one. <laughs> but but naturally, I'd be like, <laughs> oh. <fake> one. <laughs> naturally, though, I'd be like, yeah, sure, I can help you with that. Uh, there's a Walmart, uh, uh, like I can see it from here. They, I I bet they have a well, no pun intended, a shitload of plungers over there that you can buy. Uh, yeah. So that was fun. That was, that was my weapon of the week. That's a good one. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I have a weapon. I've never gone to an automotive garage asking if they sold plungers. So yeah, that's, I guess that's pretty ignorant. I guess I'm doing better than that guy. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah, NASCAR happened. NASCAR. I guess we can just roll right into that because we do yeah. have a do have a good little bit with uh with Woodward. Yeah, we got about an hour with Woody. He was good. Um, I fucking hate Zoom though, man. The Zoom just makes the quality take an absolute shit. We'll have to do one in person with him at some point if we can because I feel like that would be really really. He good. had uh he he. You'll obviously hear it on the show. He just started, like, actually listening to the show and uh, was, like, super pumped when I asked him. It was before we went to Daytona. He was like, yo, you got to get me on. And I was, Absolutely. I know we we actually had brought up your name before. And he's like, I just started listening, but you guys are fucking hilarious. Like, I love this. So I knew he was going to be pretty jazzed up when I asked him this morning if he wanted to uh, if he wanted to come on. So yeah, Sometimes these are planned out, like, a week in advance. And other times it very much is just same day. Yeah, I think, Brad, yeah. what did you – you had texted the group chat last night. It was like, let's, uh, let's try to line up Woody for tomorrow. Yeah. And I woke up and I was like, hey, you want to come on the show tonight? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. It, it was that easy. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's very – it's – yeah, it's controlled chaos because usually it's like fuck. Like, what are we doing? We got we got this guy going like coming on. This guy's come like can come on next week or you know whatever. And and uh, sometimes we go into Monday morning and we just don't have anyone on. And we're like, oh well, maybe we'll just wing it and we'll just have us three go, uh, which we did last week. But uh, last week was tough. We were kind of banking on uh, someone responding before Friday. Um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. so we we had a we had a really set in stone plan to record an episode uh, last Thursday, and uh, we got a response on. Friday. Friday afternoon. So, um, and that person you know, was in Texas. Sometimes, <laughs> some, let's go. Yeah, sometimes you just, you know, it just happens like that. Yeah, I guess well, I don't let, know. Let's go. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was telling my dad, and my dad's like, "That, that the guy from that?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. one. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, we got um, big time. Uh, yeah. So there. Uh, it's only the second time that's happened, though. At least we didn't. Yeah, at least get, that we, wasn't part of the first one. Yeah, Char- yeah Charlie what? and I got left at the altar by Nick Hoffman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. just had a, we had a Zoom call with ourselves for half an hour. Yeah, we were like <laughs> we we were all set, ready to go. You had to do something, didn't you? Were you were buying your car. I was buying my oh, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like I do the equipment stuff so i was sitting at the dealership and the guy's like it's probably gonna be like another hour mind you i've been there for like two hours like what the fuck are we still waiting for it takes two hours so, to sign paperwork so i'm like fuck i'm gonna miss the interview later and i told my dad that i'd take him out to dinner after and i'm like fuck like all right well uh i guess i'll just run home and i ran home set up the zoom call um uh, said that i would join in on my phone if i if i could at the time and uh then we left the dealership and we were going to texas roadhouse so i was like charlie like whenever you guys get done the interview like feel free to come over um uh, and like 20 minutes later he's like hey you still there i'm like yeah and he's like yeah nick never showed up like oh, oh <laughs> yeah all yeah. right i i gotten his information from our, our friend alman he he works for nick and and talked to him set it all up he was already ready to go he's like yeah we'll, we'll be there whatever night it was it was monday i assume and uh bobby and i were like all right yeah we're all set up ready to go and like like bobby said we were just kind of standing there with our dicks in our hands waiting for it and i got yelled at saying like oh well well did you give him the information i screenshotted like the email that i sent him the text messages all of that and then we just got big time by nick hoffman so uh, it was uh it was like the day before florida speed week started yeah. so he was he was probably busy yeah yeah he was probably very busy but uh yeah, yeah, yeah. do it do be like that sometimes that'll happen but, i'm sure we'll have uh, one 
Probably before we get into NASCAR, because we don't really talk about it whatsoever, but uh, probably my favorite thing that I saw this week was uh, a tweet. I don't remember exactly how it went, but it was basically something along the lines of, uh, yeah, lightning strike eight miles from the track, get everyone off the roof, throw the red, <laughs> red park the cars, uh, missile strike six miles away, we're going green in 20. Um, so <laughs> F1 is my weapon of the week because that was fucking, <laughs> that was pretty fucking egregious of, uh, of them to uh, still go on with that plan i'm glad it all turned out all right and uh they didn't missile the uh, the fan zone or anything but um yeah good for them they actually i just don't get into formula one i probably should because it's like uh, i'm i am the niche weirdo racing guy with like my super modifieds that everyone doesn't like but like uh, formula one i just don't i'm not gonna lie I'm not, I'm not huge into it but one that drive to drive to survive netflix show that's pretty pretty all right but yeah, also that race that. that they had was fucking incredible for yeah, an f1 they, race they, yeah. f1 race i don't i don't understand how f1 is as big as it is like i have friends that are just like they friends that used to bully me for being a nascar fan in high school that are huge into f1 and i'm like the netflix show how how are you the netflix show but yeah. still like it, the the still even watch like i watch the netflix show but i don't fucking watch f1 and i like watch never racing watched, all the I've time i never watched the netflix show um, the, the racing product usually is fucking awful yeah. and i don't care what anybody but has that's to say why it's I, just terrible that's but. why i feel like i should be the, the the resident formula one fan of the show because it's very similar to super modified racing like the, they, you don't race like you do all you do you have all you can do to get around the racetrack safely and then the second act of Christ with a super modified is that it doesn't break during the race. Like there's no actual racing in a super modified. So <laughs> yeah, it was. I should be a fan of Formula One, but I just I don't know. It, it, it's something that I can just never get into like fully. Uh, like if it's on TV, if I turn on TV and it's on, I'm gonna watch it. But yeah. it's something that I don't follow. I don't pay attention I, to. I don't know that they're going green at 11:30 or whatever. Right, but I know like four the, drivers. <laughs> I turned the race on one of the TVs down here on uh, on Sunday and was like, holy fuck, they're actually like I had the they're sound off. They're but I was like, damn, it. they're having. They're, that, that's a fuck of a battle right now they're coming to two to go and and uh Shaw Leclerc was in the lead and uh, Max Verstappen was fucking behind him chasing him and, and it looked like Max was faster and obviously he was ended up winning the race but um no they're putting on a fuck of a show for a little bit there but yeah, that, that was uh and know. that was F1 talk <laughs> <laughs> for for all all three people that watch F1 the official podcast of all things Formula One and by <laughs> that all the the listeners, the three listeners. I know a lot of people worldwide watch Formula One before people start fucking tweeting me and shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, NASCAR did happen. Um, did have a did have a good time watching watching the uh, the NAS trucks and Xfinity on Saturday. Um, I uh, I just love doing nothing and just sitting on the couch and watching NASCAR. Um, it just brings you back to my roots because a lot of days, like I have just balls to the wall got one thing to do no, nothing to do and um you know i'd plan everything around it just so i could watch both those races and uh i'm not i'm not a big road course guy but um the finishes i think coda's coda might be my favorite road course now um put on a pretty good product all weekend uh usually they get strung out and you know fucking eight second nine second lead and it's it, it is it is interesting to watch that even in qualifying just one little slip up and you lose just so much fucking momentum and time um but i don't know truck race was uh was pretty good kyle bush seemed like he was he kind of had that thing in the bag before uh Stu freeze in an album and kind of drove it in on him but i don't know why kyle I don't, he had to have known that they were back there battling, but he just fucking was g trying to get the widest entry to the corner as humanly possible and just gave them the entire lane to fucking do that. Clean so, them out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Zane Smith ended up winning, which was cool. I I put a I put five whole dollars on Zane Smith, which paid 50, so that's cool. Did, uh, that's did, did you see the, uh, the TikTok or, or video that, that – 
Christian Espinoza fella put up. Yeah. He's like, when you're dog sitting for your buddy and he wins the race and the he dogs shows are just Zane losing and, their shit. <laughs> yeah, he shows Zane in victory lane and then the dog just fucking bolts outside. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't uh, watch any of the pickup truck race. I was secretly rooting for Al. That thing looked sick. It was Kyle Larson's Hendrick.com paint scheme, but with a Spire 7. I, I, don't yeah. know if, I assume it was a Spire truck. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't know they even had trucks. And it was it was kind of funny. I listened to Scott Tapley's show on Friday, and he had said like one of the things to maybe pay attention to was the guys that were running multi-classes this weekend. It might not be as much of an advantage um, due to the fact that the cup cars have a, such a more intricate braking package versus Xfinity or uh, trucks, and that couldn't have been any more wrong. Because like, yeah. well, I, Cole Custer was running in the top five in the cup race and was like, yeah, this was because we ran the Xfinity race. And Bowman said, you know, it was really good to get here Friday or Saturday and run the truck race. It really helped me get into a rhythm. And, and Bowman, it, Bowman could have very easily won both races. He didn't even win either one of them. But. Uh, I don't I don't care if it's the same type of car or not. I mean, seat time anywhere, just learning the track, that's going to be huge, especially for a place where they've only been once before, really. And, and that didn't even count because yeah, it poured fucking buckets right the, so that they're the still race. learning that track I, and i don't care about all the simulators and i racing all that shit <laughs> it doesn't match actually sitting in a seat and going around the track so and i kind of i kind of cherry anybody. picked i watched the tail end of the xfinity <laughs> race i don't really remember what happened i think aj Allmendinger won the xfinity race oh uh, yeah aj aj won the xfinity race mm-hmm. i don't remember exactly what happened in that race yeah noah was noah was peaking in the top three for a while i think he faded a little bit at the end fell back to like fifth or sixth but um, he's on a heater this year. I think he so finished. Far. I think he finished fourth. Um, Did he get back yeah, I think yeah, he's he's uh yeah he's he's Amazing done really well. What happens when you you pay attention to racing and focus a little more? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He uh, except for Atlanta, I didn't even realize. So it's it like I said, it's hard to. I think I said it on last week's show. At least it's it's hard to be watching a race and remember everything that happened. So like I kind of had no idea last week what even happened to Noah. I knew that he was he he got wrecked early in the race. Then he came back, and then I kind of forgot what happened. And I forgot the guy collected on the back shoot. Ended up I think he finished in. Like like the 20s or something or um, maybe like 15th or something like that but yeah other than that he's finishing the top five every single week so yeah. that's good and uh going to uh back-to-back tracks where he picked up wins last year so uh might have to throw a little bit of money down on him uh, going into <laughs> richmond this weekend find out what david Starr's doing before you before you do <laughs> well that. let's see uh, uh david Starr's probably not running and uh i, I have a, a better feeling that he he'd be able to get out of the way at richmond i fucking hate that i hate richmond so much um but yeah the xfinity race i, I don't remember a whole bunch of what happened i know ross chastain was up there for quite a while ended up getting dumped and uh it was weird. I mean, like a lot of the guys, even in the cup race, like uh, Daniel Suarez led the whole first stage, pitted, uh, got a little bit behind on strategy and just got dumped and then just never made his way back <coughs> up to the top. Cindric uh, was kind of the same way. He was, yeah. he was running up top or uh, running up to, towards yeah, the he front. He seemed like and, he uh, was like the, the residential favorite uh, going into the cup race at Circuit of the Americas. He was real good there last year in the old style cars. Um, and he just didn't really seem like he had it. I don't know. He, could, he did get off strategy at one point, you know, didn't take tires when everyone else did and then dropped like a rock on the restart but yeah my my briscoe pick looked pretty pretty good for uh for quite a while there and then it, it uh it didn't i think that he was a casualty of he got so he but. got a flat um late in the run and that's when i was like i was really looking good with my almondinger pick he was battling for the lead charlie had uh, chase elliott he was he was kind of fucking off in like the sixth to eighth place yeah. range so i was feeling real confident and then <laughs> I ended up going from what would have been a win in BFP picks to a third huh. because Briscoe apparently passed 
yeah. Almondinger before <laughs> going back to the checkers. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that uh, earlier today. I was trying to figure out who Charlie had. I forgot that he used uh, Chase Elliott. So obviously he gets the win on that. Uh, that's good for him because for the entirety of the race, he was going to lose with yeah. that pick. So. 100%. <laughs> uh, At one point, Almondinger was second. Briscoe was third and Elliott was fourth. And I'm like, yeah. like look at us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like we know what we're talking about. But um, the uh, the ending was very exciting. I, I tuned in. I got to the gym. Um, or I got on the bike at the gym with 27 laps to go. And I biked for 35 minutes, 10 miles, and went home when there was 18 laps to go. <laughs> I watched nine laps. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Six Good. of them were under yellow. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was my plan of doing cardio while the race was on. Um, poorly planned. Um, caught the tail end of it of when I got home. Uh, very entertaining from what I saw. Uh, Chastain and Briscoe, they were dogs. Like they were, Those dudes were wheeling, um, putting on a show. Even with 20 laps to go, they were bound on like it was the last lap. I, I, yeah. I think... Track house has something figured out too, though. Like, I mean, no matter I mean, Ross what, Ross Chastain's track, been the hottest driver in Cup. The last, it's a third, two seconds, and a win. But even Suarez, though, like he's been knocking on the door a couple times. He was, right. he damn near won a race already, and right. you know that that team together, they, they're they're doing something right because it doesn't Justin matter. Justin Marks is no dummy. No, but it doesn't matter what track they're at either. It could be you know, right. a big track, could be a road course. Doesn't matter that those two cars are right up front, which is cool to see for you know basically a brand new team to to kind of figure that out. And I don't I don't blame him for what he did to to Almendinger. He had to clean both of them out to win the race and but Almendinger started it. And if I'm Almendinger, you know, you got to realize like you got a guy in front of you who's been on the podium 3 weeks in a row but he's never won one of these races. Even if AJ drives around him cleanly, he's going to get the boot. You got to get cleaned out. So if I'm Almendinger, I'm not a professional race car driver and AJ Almendinger is probably the best road racer, you know, all around. Wait till the last corner and just clean him out. Yeah. Because you know you're going to get cleaned out no matter what. And, uh, unless he absolutely just destroys him. Which but. I guess I guess Bowman was putting the pressure on, so maybe you yeah. got to make your move earlier. Than you thought. Like, Bowman came out of nowhere and almost he, stole. He actually should have won the race. He drove by them. Them two were fucking with each other. Yeah. He drove by him. And uh, Chastain, like, just. He, he complete did, disregard for anyone in front of him. Yeah, perfect move. He, he got both of them because that was the only way he was going to win the race at that point because he'd gone from first to third and. And even he admitted he, the restart before that he was so concerned with Almondinger he fucked up and let Reddick drive right by both of them. So well, well, like I think AJ said too though, like if that if that was more than what was it one or two laps, whatever it was, that he probably would have walked away with it on yeah. a longer run. But in order to, I mean, they, and anything like that where you got heartbreaking and a lot of corners like that, you you need that extra lap or two to kind of yeah, extend. They, they out. were having yellows every sixty five <clears throat> feet at the end of the race, so it made it tough. But uh, it was entertaining. None of my race cars got wrecked, so yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I enjoyed Bowman watching was, it. Bowman was pissed, obviously, like should have been, but I wasn't. I I I don't like Ross Chastain. It's been noted. Um, and you know, I at, at first I was like, oh fuck that guy, like whatever. Um, but it was very much more of just a whatever, like it, you know, it is what it is. I do and like it new, wasn't very I like new winners. I do like, yeah, I like, I like new winners too. And that was kind of like about 20 minutes after the race ended, I was like, ah, it's cool. You know, like, it, cause back in the day, if my driver didn't win, you know, if, if I was like hard set on Jeff Gordon and fucking Casey Mears went out there and won, I'd be fucking pumped. So, right. um, you know, any, anyone that, uh, that has never won before gets into victory lane. It's always cool to see. And I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know why I don't like Ross Chastain kind of. Just, well, I, I I think we were both on the same page. I thought he was overrated. I didn't really yeah. think he was that good. But the last four, like yeah, four races, he's his worst finish is third. Oh, I Hottest like, driver in the Cup Series right now. I I feel like he was kind of part of a, a few of the drivers that are in Cup right now, where 
they were breeding him. He was doing the trucks and Xfinity, and then all of a sudden, it's like, here's a cup car. It was like like a year or two sooner than they were maybe planned on and doing the, that. And they had mentioned after the race, so Chip Ganassi, who Ross obviously was driving for, was driving the 42 car, when Justin Marks acquired all of the equipment and assets from Chip Ganassi, Ross Chastain did not, that was not part of the deal. He Correct. had to audition and earn that ride, um, you know, and obviously... I feel like maybe Justin probably made the made the best choice because, like I said, he's the hottest driver in Cup right now. You know, I don't know how long does this success sustain. I don't know. You know, did that team figure something out with these cars? It I has. Mean, why? It has to be because Daniel Suarez has been in you know the nineteen car and he's driven for right. Stuart Haas and he's never been good right. ever. So you know, why you know why is Ross Chastain good? Why is Chase Briscoe good? Why is Alex Bowman good? Well, uh, and why is Denny Hamlin suck? Why does Kyle Busch suck? Why does Kevin Harvick suck? Well, why I think, does Martin Truex suck? Like, I what's think going that, on? that that's happened, though, every time that they've kind of done a new car reveal. Yeah, it's a changing so, of like, the guard. Like, Tony Stewart himself said that, like, when they first went to the Gen 6 cars, like, what we just got out of, he like, when he broke his legs, it was very well noted. He was laying in a hospital bed, and he's talking to, like, Casey Kane and all these other people. He's like, I don't I don't understand these race cars. I just don't because you take these guys, you know, even people that I've raced with, you know, in, in our levels of things, you know, you take these cars that, you know, early two thousands, late nineties, these were high horsepower, high travel cars that handled like dog shit, drove you, like waterbeds. Yeah. You had to get up on the wheel and hustle it. Now you're, you're getting these kids that grew up racing go-karts, very locked down, going into super late models that are very locked down, basically a big go-kart. Then you get into these high downforce, low horsepower cup cars where these same skill sets are kind of trickling over where now you have the, like you said, the changing of the guard where you have the Kevin Harvick's, you have the, the Tony Stewart's and the Jeff Gordon's start to struggle because it's not even close to the same thing anymore. And now you have these brand new cars where you have all these young kids, you know, the Alex Bowman's, the, the Billy Byron's, the, you know, Ross Chastain's and all that, where they already don't know what they don't know. Now you throw a new car into it. They especially don't know what they don't know. So it's like, fuck it. They, they'll go. Whereas you have a these Harvicks and all that, where they might be a little bit more reserved because they know maybe where that line is. With, every, with every passing week, I say the uh, chances of Kyle Busch retiring at the end of 2022 increase. I, I missed what he said last week, but apparently it was... It yeah, was... he was just being Kyle. He's pissy, which I, I get it, like... But it's not starting to get old, man. Like you, you're not successful, so you're just pissed, a bit, and you're gonna piss all over everyone else's parade over it. Which, whatever. Which I mean, he's racing with his kid now. He's older. He doesn't need the money, I don't think. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, old Tyrone Gibbs ends up in the 18 next year. But yep, yep, I wouldn't be surprised about that either. But no, it was cool to see Josh Chastain win. Um, the way that he for did sure it, he... spiked a watermelon on the racetrack. And <laughs> yeah, then I thought he was gonna like slam it off the roof for a second. The way that he was looking at it, it, but... it didn't look that way. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, Brad, you take the lead in picks with 11, Charlie second with 12, and fittingly I have 13. So that means I guess I get first pick this week at at uh in Richmond. Oh, Richmond? Yeah, oh, Richmond. Uh, man, I don't know. I, uh, Everything's such a crapshoot right now. I have no idea. <clears throat> yeah, I don't even know who's good at Richmond anymore, and I don't even know who's good, period. I'm just going to say this kid's going to win a race soon, Tyler Reddick. Mm-hmm. I'm second. Or, um, yeah, you, you no, Brad's second Brad's this second. week. Uh, Chris Verbell. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, been dog shit, but I'm going to go out there. I'll do a Dennis Hamlin. I almost went with him. I almost went with Truex. I'll try a Dennis. I mean, Denny, Denny Truex, Kyle, these guys are got to, they got to figure it out here soon. Yeah. And win one. 
eventually. Yeah, if we go if we go into Richmond and you don't see Denny Hamlin, you know, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, not really Kevin Harvick, I guess, but those three cars running up in the top five like pretty consecutively, you're gonna that's that's gonna be like oh shit, they're really they are really far behind. Yeah. The way things are trending, we're six races in, six different winners. You. You might not be able to point your way in. You yeah, may have to win multiple races. Yeah, I don't. To get I don't in. know that it's even going to be winning in. Right. You know, like you're right. saying. So. Um, yeah. A yeah, uh, couple. A uh, couple housekeeping things. Well, uh, first off, I had congrats to Brandon McReynolds um, because I was spiteful that Ross Chastain won, but he is uh, Ross Chastain spotter. Yep, so first win is a cup spotter. Yeah. Congrats to Brandon. Um, not so much congrats to Ross, I guess, but. Um, Tyler Reddick and Corey LaJoy uh, running Granite State the uh, Friday before or, or Friday of Loudon weekend. Um, so at Lee, can't can't wait to w- uh, watch that. That was something that we knew about for the last couple months, and um, obviously weren't allowed to say. There's a lot of things like that, uh, kind of like Derek Griffith running Richmond this weekend. Um, for sure, planned a whole trip around going to Martinsville and watching him uh, next weekend. And then they announced that he's running Richmond. But I, I found that out about two or three weeks before the actual announcement. So I was like, ah, fuck. Like, kind of already planned it. Is he still it. running Martinsville, though? Yeah, he's still running Martinsville. And I actually, so I did at one point, I was like, ah, I'm probably just going to cancel the trip to Martinsville because it's not really like his first race. And, you know, it, it is a long drive and, you know, gas the way that my bank account's set up and whatever. But then I, uh, then I looked a little bit more into it and, and uh, found out that Dale Jr. is running that Martinsville race. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. All right, we'll go. So uh, I got a boogie on down there. I still have a couple open seats in the car, I think. Uh, I had a couple people back out, so um, it's just Mosh, Gerald, and I heading down. And on Thursday of uh, Thursday of that weekend, gonna miss that's next weekend. Gonna miss uh, the truck race because they race Thursday night. But conveniently, the uh, the Xfinity Series race is Friday night, and Cup Series race is Saturday night. So then we have a whole day to get back before I gotta be to work on uh, Monday morning. So and then obviously, yep. last things last. I think I don't think I have anything else about you guys. But the block party on Friday with the Maine Mariners. Last call, last show before it happens. Yeah. Uh, Go on over to the uh, the post that uh, apparently Brad put up that I did not see at all. Uh, <laughs> well, I asked Charlie to yeah. make a post last mm-hmm. Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then about Friday he's like, "I want to make one Saturday morning," and I'm like, "Okay." And then I went so to then, the shop. And so I then I looked, about it. and I was like, "Okay, it's like 5 p.m." I'm like, oh, "There's nothing going on." And then it was like Sunday at like noon, and I'm like, "I'm just, I'm, I'll just make one, yeah. whatever." Uh, so anyway, yeah, no, uh, head on over to that post there. You are going to see a QR code. You are going to see a link as well too. Coming out with us, going to get you to a ticket site where you can get a. Uh, some tickets to the old hockey game, and we'll uh, all do hockey together on Friday night, April 1st, the Cross Insurance Arena in downtown Portland. We are going to have a block party between the hours of 5 and 7 p.m. before the game, and then they're going to let us idiots have a live hot microphone in front of the crowd to host the hockey game. So that's going to be a fuck show, and I can't wait. we got to work on not swearing. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I'm just going to work on sitting in the stands and gassing beers um, and uh, maybe maybe add some colorful commentary after a couple Bud Lights. <laughs> so, uh, so Charlie and I will have a hot mic. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have a time. The guy said that it was just going to be – Charlie's going to be assisting the in-house – arena lady that already does it i guess so i don't know what that even entails um i haven't really uh, ironed out the details i guess but uh, all we know is the block party and then we're hosting the night i guess so yeah we'll have a cornhole um sauce toss or whatever you said that was called Uh, beer pong i'm gonna bring a beer pong table it's gonna be completely blank so anyone that's listening that plans on coming bring a racing sticker and we're gonna sticker the fuck out of this table and then I'm going to give it back to my mom and say, sorry about your table. Uh, <laughs> she's going to love that. Maybe we'll just buy it off of her. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah so like I said, if you're listening, you plan on coming, bring bring your favorite racing decal, and uh, we'll slap her on there, play some Pong. 
Um, I, uh, I had to back out on bringing my race car there because it's pointless to bring a super modified to a car show when you don't have an engine. Uh, it would just look silly. Um, so I'm not bringing mine. But Charlie's car, uh, I've seen it. I'll sell you pictures of it for $5 if you want to see it before <laughs> then. Looks pretty badass. He'll have it there on display. Brad will be there, probably have his butt cheeks on display or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. A couple, couple, uh, couple too many wiggy sours while we're on the block party, uh, and uh, you never know what's going to happen. But, yeah, no, looking forward to it. And then, uh, obviously, roll right into Thompson. And uh, I can't, haven't decided if I'm going to go to Thompson Friday night or Saturday morning yet. Both you guys going to Thompson or just you? I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to Thompson, and then I'm uh, on the way home from Thompson going to a concert. So it's well, I got to bring the right? car back. Cole Swindell. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, gonna end up going Saturday, obviously Sunday. Somebody somewhere's getting married today. Somebody's on team that just wants dates. Some old boy's girl just left them. If that's you, raise your hand. I got you the next one. I asked uh, Tragic Shoes if he could text Cole and have him play that song because I feel like that's not on his set list. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, but it's an absolute banger that we'll for sure play at some point during the block party. So, um, yeah, just uh, come come hang out with us, and then obviously come to Thompson, and uh, should be at least a couple of us there. Race cars, beer, and hockey all in one night. That's never gonna suck. So, and that is two of the things we talk about with our guest Woody, because he yes. uh, he talked just as much hockey as uh, as we did race cars. Yes, exactly. So uh, later on, you are gonna hear from Woody Pitcat. This episode, episode one sixty, is brought to you by. Hold on, let me get the freaking card out. <laughs> <laughs> episode one sixty is <laughs> brought to you by. Oh shit! Where is? Oh, I gotta type. Episode, episode one sixty is brought to you by Devin Curate Trucking. <laughs> uh, I guess I could have said that before, but I want to make sure I had the bullet points: snow plowing, snow removal, dump truck hauling, motorcycle transport, and property services. Give uh, Devin Curate one of your competitors, Charlie. Yes. Uh, on the racetrack, obviously, this is an off the racetrack type of thing. He doesn't race trucks. Uh, that was that was a me thing. Um, we should but, start uh, a dump I truck. Wish league. he raced dump trucks. <laughs> for awesome. Uh, he's located in uh, Saco, Maine, but I'm sure he travels in the uh, the the general area so be, be sure to go over on uh, facebook give his page a like and uh it, it'll have all of his contact information his phone number his email address and stuff and uh, if you need any of those services done be sure to call devin curate do you think uh, he thank you does motorcycle transports with the dump truck i think that he tows the dump truck with a motorcycle <sighs> wow. that makes sense yeah yeah Big old or maybe he just fills it up with motorcycles <laughs> That would actually yeah. be pretty sick. <laughs> if you uh, have all yeah. like a bunch of motorcycles, like Santa has reindeer, it kind of makes sense. You could yeah. pull your dump yeah. truck with nine motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, Dasher and Prancer and Dancer and the front motorcycle has Dixon. a red tire on the front. Yeah, yeah. Devin Devin can wheel a race car too. He's a uh, he's got he's got a couple wins under his belt. And uh, his little brother Dom, he's like what nine, also wins races in the same division as me. So that makes me feel um, like a piece of shit. So that's yeah, a lot good of fun. for you. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're they're good people. And uh, apparently he'll uh, come pick up your shit if you don't want it anymore. So Devin Carrot Trucking for episode one sixty. Yeah, yeah, shout out Devin. Appreciate that. I for sure told him at the Beechridge Banquet two years ago he had some very nice van shoes as well. Mm -hmm. And I asked him uh, what it was like having the second nicest pair of shoes here because mine were for sure nicer. Yeah. So it was 60. Uh, yeah, Joey DJ Parker. DJ Shaw. Dale Shaw, which is where that came from. Just Joey Parker. Uh, Jeff What Bodine. about the, the Carl Edwards, the Bush car? Yeah, I guess Mark 60. Martin, too. Yeah. Yeah. Travis Pastrano drove the oh, 60. Yeah. Oh, Trevor, yeah. Trevor Pirano. 
Uh, I drove actually on this day, um, like 12 years ago, I think. I drove for DJ Sean, an indoor go-kart race. For sure, been the thing with the fastest We should just go this whole time and just completely forget about Matt Hirschman, even though we said yeah, it later. Yeah. Um, uh, Greg <laughs> Biffle and the whole contingent that raced that yeah, uh, Anybody at Roush. That car yeah. for Roush. Uh, Ty Majeski, uh, oh, yeah. Chase Briscoe, they all rifled that thing into the fence every single week back in like 2018. Did, yeah. did Ty Chris, Chris Busher win a championship in the 60? James Busher, Chris Busher won a Yeah, one. Chris Busher won a two championship. Cha- didn't he win no, two? No, he won one. one. Rick Stenhouse won two, though, oh, but it wasn't in the 60. Yeah, he was in the 60. He was in the 60, yeah. yeah. Yep. James Busher, that's a name I haven't heard in a while, but that's, yep. that wasn't a 60. Yeah, 32. Hmm. Remember when he he came back for, like, one race last year, I think. Don't think he did good, but. Remember when that Turner Scott Motorsports was, like, a powerhouse, and then they're like, wait a minute, you're doing illegal shit, and then it all didn't just Didn't James Busher just not win a race and won the championship? No, he he. I didn't think he, he won. Didn't he bang fucking what's nice. Scott's <laughs> daughter, and that's his wife now, and then he got accused of like also doing shady shit, and then that's why he disappeared as well too. I could not could not have less of an idea what you were talking about. <laughs> so Turner Scott Motorsports, remember that the well, thirty two yeah, no, like Dollar General car and yeah, all that stuff. No, yeah, I get that. So and, and the guy banged, he banged his daughter. Yeah, and so the guys, James Busher banged the, the the Scott fella's daughter, and then they got married, but then. When the Scott fella got in trouble for doing shady stuff to make race cars go circles, he also got thrown on the bus somehow. So that's why he also fucked off and stopped racing. And it's a whole shit show. You got to look into it. Promise. It's, it's <laughs> days a, of our lives. It's a, it's a, it's a book. Uh, but yeah. So uh, now we're going to transfer over to the interview that we had and enjoy this heater with Woody Pitcat. All right, boys and girls. So as we just introduced for episode 160, we have uh, one of the, the guys growing up, for me anyway, who was always one of the modified guys, always in the field, always up front. Um, on the other side of the Zoom call, it's uh, Woody Pitcat. What's going on, man? Not much. Thanks for having me. I've been uh, a big supporter of you guys uh, just within the last few months, but I appreciate everything that you guys do, and uh, it, it's cool as shit to, to see what you guys are doing. Well, I think we appreciate that. I, the kind of the whole point is bringing everybody together, and you know we, we've had quite the mix of uh, of guests and, and people on the show. So uh, a lot of them haven't even heard of us before. So the fact that you do listen that that helps out quite a bit, I think. So uh, you know, for for those that you know maybe haven't heard of you before, you know, what, what's the Woody Pickett story? Yeah, well, um, when I was born, my both my uncles were racing uh, up in a at a dirt track up in New York, uh, Lebanon Valley Speedway. So. I was going to the races right when, you know, right from when I was born. Um, and then I, I was grew, born in, St- in, or not born, but grew up in Stafford, lived in Stafford my whole life. So the only thing really to do on Friday nights was to go to Stafford Motor Speedway. So between going to the races on a Saturday night, dirt racing up in Lebanon Valley or going to races on a Friday at Stafford, I knew once I got older that that was what I was going to want to do was race. So once I was got um, old enough to race, uh, my kid's asking for his iPad bag already. <laughs> <laughs> when I got to, to be old enough to get my license, um, that's when I started racing. I started in the dare stock division at Stafford. Um, actually, my dad had a car. They used to do this left and right thing at Stafford where they would go like on the front stretch and then the back stretch. You can see on the back stretch, they still have that like in out type thing. Um, so my dad did that for a couple of years. And then we took that car and I went to Riverside Park when I was 13 and I ran an enduro race because my dad has the same name as me. So they just thought it was my dad. And uh, we did that a, a couple times and then the car got wrecked and that was it. We had to get rid of it. And um, so then, like I said, I was w- waited till I was old enough to get my driver's license. And, and I started in 
1996 and ran the dare stock division for two years and then moved up to late models in 98 and was terrible for probably three or four years and finally figured it out got you know better equipment better motors good sponsors and stuff and then uh, just kind of went from there ran late models and then probably I feel like I'd still probably be a full fender guy doing full fender stuff if I never got an opportunity uh, I got a phone call on Thanksgiving morning actually to to run a modified and uh, that was with the DePisa brothers and then I started doing that and just fell in love with the modifieds and here we are 20 something years later still doing it you said that when you were 13, you ran an enduro? Yeah. So at Riverside Park, I don't know if you've been there. It's like you you would you would like paint your car. Like people are painting their cars at the track. So you're out in the parking lot and then you drive down into the pit area and they don't they don't look, they don't ask, they don't know nothing. So they're just thinking my dad, my dad's real name's Woodrow and I'm Woody, but because I'd be a junior if he's he was Woody, so um, they just thought he was driving the car. So that was it. You just get in the car. And of course, the first time that I ran, they, the heat race was like an X. So you had to, you know, you had to like go through the X <laughs> and you had to, to finish that to get to the circle track. And that's all I cared about. It's like, I don't care about the X. I want to just run the circle track. So a buddy of mine that, that was with us, he like pulled up along the side of the track and pretended that he had a flat. So he didn't, cause he didn't want to get wrecked in the X and it had just poured like a half hour before we went on that track. So there was six inches of water in the middle of the X. And it was like, it was ridiculous. You're going through the X, the car's like bogging out, stalling out. I thought I was going to get hit. And I made it through that. And then I got into the race. And I mean, this, my Enduro car was pretty legit. Like I had a roll cage in it, it had a fuel cell, it had like a really good racing seat. Like this thing was pretty meant. So I ended up getting wrecked in the race. And I'm sitting on the front stretch for like 60 laps. Just people are side swiping me and, and this and that. Cause you got to stay in the car until it's over. So if you can't drive the car off the track, you're supposed to leave it. Well, Ben Dodge was running Riverside park at the time. And he knew that it was my car. So I don't know if he paid the guy off or whatever, but this fork truck guy comes in this forklift picks the, the car up and he's getting ready to pick it up on the gate. Uh, as this is going on, my dad's got the open trailer. He comes bombing down in the pit area and there's like a security guard or something standing at the gate. And he's like, listen, you can't do this. Like you can't take it out. And the guy's lifting up over the gate and the guy's like trying to stand in front of him. Like he's going to get run over. So the guy just keeps going. The guy gets out of the way and he's like, I'm going to tell Ben Dodge. And the guy's like, fuck Ben Dodge. I don't give a shit what you say. So they put it on, they put it on the trailer and we strapped it up and we got it the hell out of there because like I said, it had a roll cage in it that you could have cut out of it. It had a good seat that we wanted to keep fuel cell. Yeah. So we got it out of there and we fixed the frame rail that got screwed up and we ran it one more time there. And then that was it. Then I just, we just, I don't know. We just put it, got rid of it. And I was, uh, actually I was a big supporter of Ryan Pisaco. I like, I don't know. It was a weird, kind of a weird story. I just met like we were, they have a, a football field across the street from the speedway Olympic field. And I was down there just one day hanging around and Ryan Pisaka was there and I started talking to him and, and his dad used to sponsor my uncle. So I knew who he was. And um, I don't know, we just hit it off that one day. I, I think I was like 14 or 15 and he was, he was probably 18 or 19. He's a couple years older than me. And we started talking and stuff. And then I, from that day on, I think there was five years where I saw him like every day. <laughs> I remember when I was going to high school, 
I, I ended up going to a technical school in Willimantic. So I like cried the day that I was going to high school because I wasn't going to be able to see him that day or whatever. But um, so I became friends with him and I started following him, you know, through the racing. So when he ran the dare stock division, I was like supporting him. And then I was old enough to run dare. So I ran a couple like couple races against him and then he moved up the late models and then I moved up the late models and we still, you know, we stayed friends for a while and then we went our separate ways for a little bit and still to this day, we're, you know, really good friends, but he was one of the big reasons that I, you know, was able to get involved with it. And also Jimmy Peterson, he used to race late models at Stafford back in the day. Um, when I first got my dare car, I, he was nice enough to let me house the car at his shop and show me what I needed to do just to, you know, the nut and bolt and the maintenance and stuff like that. So, it's been, uh, I got stories that could take you from now until probably three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but uh, it's been a great ride. It would have been fine with three o'clock in the morning, but you said you had a hockey to get to, so. Yeah, you, oh, you, came, you came up with a pretty good excuse. I think we, we all respect it. You have to go play. I didn't even know that you were really in, into hockey all that much, let alone played. Yeah, I actually, tonight's just a pickup, so it's only... It's, it's our last pickup. I guess they're shutting their rink down for a couple months just to, to redo it and redo the ice and stuff. But um, we played in a playoff game last night and we won. So we're in the championship next Sunday. So I got to race Thompson and then try to make it championship game. So, but yeah, I love it. And that was another thing like with Ryan Pasaka, we used to go to Whalers games and stuff. I was never a big hockey guy. And then I went to a Whalers game with them and I fell in love with it. And then I met a kid that was uh, playing in Enfield. He was a goalie. And one day he just said, I don't want to play goalie anymore here. Put my equipment on. And that was it. I put his equipment on and started in his driveway. And I've been playing, playing ever since. And I love it. See, I knew you were into hockey. These guys didn't. So they're going to be real shocked when they find out that one of your helmets that you raced with was a Whalers helmet, like painted <laughs> up like the Whalers. Yep. Yeah, I had a Whalers, Whalers one. I had a Toy Story Woody one. I had. I was just showing the guys over at hockey yesterday. I get just the 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 captain of my team. I guess like two weeks ago, all of a sudden he just googled my name for the hell of it. He was asking me what my last name was, and he googled it. And now all of a sudden he like thinks I'm like some big celebrity. He sees <laughs> he saw that uh, the tweet on there from Dale Earnhardt Jr. when he said that I looked like like a NASA like worker or something instead of a race car driver. <laughs> Oh my God, you got Dale Jr. shouting out to you and stuff like that. So they all think I hockey now, like I'm some big celebrity or something. I'm like, no, I'm just a regular, whatever. Just one of those guys trying to, you know, accomplish whatever you can on a weekly basis and come home with a trophy. <laughs> so to get like a little more familiar with, with you, I went back and listened to when you were on the bottom shot podcast at the beginning of 2020, are you still second in all time wins at Stafford or are you third? Yeah, no, I'm still second. Uh, Kid Rock's coming though. He, you know, obviously he's been running there weekly, and he's uh, he hasn't had the the success, I guess, the past couple of years that he's had in the past. I mean, he's usually good for. I feel like he's good for six or eight wins, you know, and he's been now down to the two or two to four range. But um, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot going on too. But he's uh, he's he's knocking on my back door. So um, you know, we're gonna be running the open modifieds again, open modified series down there this year with Doug Dunleavy and uh, Cam again, McDermott as the crew chief, brand new car. And I'm super excited. Uh, we posted the pictures yesterday of it getting decaled up and stuff. And uh, I don't know when the last time was, I had a brand new car, brand new everything. So I'm like super stoked to, to see how that's going to go. But yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you don't really think about it that much, but <clears throat> it's pretty amazing when you do see that or somebody says something to you about it 
to be able to be second on the all-time win list down there is, uh, you know, really a, a huge accomplishment, <laughs> especially who you're, you're trailing, but, you know, obviously you're just trailing Ted who unfortunately can't add to his list anymore, but he's so far ahead right now. I don't even know if anybody will even be able to touch that. So, um, you know, we just take it year to year and try to add as much as we can on there. And I, I, I think my really, my goal would be, I think it'd be cool to, to hit a hundred. Um, I think that would be pretty cool to be able to say that I want 100 races at that track would be. What are you at right now? 77. Um, yeah, I think it's 77 or 78. Jesus yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, and Stafford's been doing a phenomenal job, like just with everything, all their publicity and stuff they're doing. I just looked, they had that article out about how they're having 40 entries right now. So I was going through it and I was clicking on the people. And they have like their, their sizzler stats. They have their everything. They have their stats on like how many top tens, how many top uh, fives, how many wins. And, and, and this is throughout all the races that they race there. And it showed like how many races I ran there and how many wins I had in such and such division and stuff. It's just, I mean, that's a lot. I would think that's a lot of work to do, to be doing every driver like that. And you're doing it through 40 drivers. So, um, and then I just got my, uh, my, those little, uh, like trading cards that they have. I bought a box of them. I said, uh, F it, whatever. It was just, I'm not going to try to buy one or two of them and not get me. So I just bought the whole box and the kids were ripping through it today. So, um, it's just, you know, and it's cool. Cause you'll be able to go, they can go to the track and get them signed or they can swap them out with other people and stuff like that. It's just, they're, those guys down there, I mean, they're unbelievable what they do. And you, you, you know, you guys see it when you go to the tracks, you've been to a bunch of tracks. I mean, that the facility and the way that they do things there is second to none. And, um, you know, I'm just lucky enough to, uh, to have that as my home track throughout the years and to be able to go down there and, and have the success that I've had. So, so going off of that, I mean, we, we've all kind of been around this for a while at this point. I mean, you, you've obviously, uh, become very well accomplished. You've won, you know, in, in a lot of different things at a lot of different places, but you know, there's always that one place, you know, for me, it was Beatridge. I mean, Bobby gets the star every week. What does Stafford, you know, what does Stafford really mean to you uh, to be able to accomplish what you have there? Um, I mean, it really, it's just, it's amazing. I, I was talking about it a little bit yesterday. Um, the biggest thing like growing up at Stafford was there was so many people from that, the town that race. So like when we ran late models, it, you just wanted the bragging rights. You wanted to go home on Saturday and be like, ha, I beat all you assholes. You know, you had the Ryan Pisacos, uh, Michael Bennett. Now he's from town, Tommy Butler. Um, you know, the list goes on and on if you go back. So it's like Charles Lewandowski ran some races there and he was from, you know, Stafford. So that was the big thing was to be able to, to, um, to, to go home that Saturday and be like, all right, I'm, you know, I, I was king shit for the week. And then, you know, now you're back at ground zero and then you got to start all over again the following Friday, but that was the biggest thing. Um, just to, just to see the, the amount of, um, the fans that, that came and obviously family and everybody that came to support it. And then, you know, to move up in the modifieds and get out of late models and still have that, the people still cheer for you and still, you know, root for you. And then obviously to win that sizzler, uh, in 2015 with the 88, um, just to, you know, just to be the home track guy and, you know, that's, that's another thing too, is they call, call me the Sultan of Stafford. And it's like, I, I don't even know where that name even came from. I guess it was either Matt Buckler or uncle Ben or somebody brought it up, but 
And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, if I really would want to be the Sultan of Stafford, Connecticut, but <laughs> as long as the track is there, um, you know, I don't mind being that, but yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's really just, I don't know, just to think of like just being a kid growing up, going to the races and watching my uncle race and then start racing and like not even having any idea on like where I wanted to go with it. What was I going to do with it? Like never, you know, thought about like going to the big three or anything like that. Just I'm happy where I'm at. I mean, obviously I'd love to be running the tour still. And that's really the only thing that I have left that I haven't done is, you know, win the championship on the Wheel and Modify tour. But right now I'm like kind of in a different chapter of my life. I got two kid, young kids growing up. I have a daughter, you know, that's getting ready to go to high school and um, priorities change really. And they haven't fully changed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still fortunate enough to be racing and stuff, but my weekends are going to be more involved with my kids and stuff and just the traveling on the tour and the expense just to, got to be too much. So, um, you know, and that's another thing too. One day, maybe I'll go back to Stafford and run weekly down there. There's, you know, I have no, no problem doing that. I, again, like I said, I don't feel like I have much more to accomplish down there, but obviously when you can go down there and win races, that's the biggest thing is just adding to that total. You touched on your success at Stafford, but you've also won races at other tracks. The last guest that we had on here was Mike Christopher Jr. And then obviously I'm on here. So now that we have you, we now have the three guys who won the last three features on Saturday night at the Thompson World Series. You won in a late model that night. Uh, this past year? I uh, 2020. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. L last year was my first year that I didn't win a race at all. It's pretty pretty disheartening to think how many years I've gone without but I guess every streak's got to come to an end eventually, but yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't even think about that. Um, your, some... your, your win and, and Mike's win were significantly cooler than mine. I only raced against six other cars, but don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Yeah, no, that's hey, it wins a win at the end of the night. You look, I won that act late model race at, uh, at Loudon and it shows that I won, but I mean, that was the longest 17 laps that anybody <laughs> ever, ever seen. And, uh, that race was brutal. Oh my God. I was, those guys were fixing the water bottles going into, in the pit row. And the, I just sitting there watching the sunset, watching the sun go down, keep working guys, take your time. Keep working. <laughs> yep. We're going to, we got no lights here. So keep doing what you're doing. And then uh, Herbert there, my buddy, that's what I call him. Herbert Sherbert, Jimmy Sherbert, Herbert Hebert was uh jumping the restart. So he would jump the restart. They call it back. So then I would jump the restart the next time they call it back. Then he'd jump again. Then I jumped in there for like, all right, this race is over. We're done. So <laughs> it was a, it was a big uh, 17 lap feature, but at the end of the day, a win's a win. Yeah. Don't, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. And just going back a little bit, the, the salt in the Stafford is way cooler than pink slip. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I would actually, I would rather have like the drama queen or something. Cause my wife always tells me like, Oh, you love the drama. I'll come home pissing and moaning about some race sometimes <laughs> and you just love the drama. So I'd rather have the drama queen or something instead of the pink slip, <laughs> but the Sultan works. We'll stay with the Sultan. That guy over there, he does. He don't know. He's going to come back, <laughs> gonna come back and race with his four fifties and his seven inch ride height. And his, <laughs> his, his 20 year old shocks with his 20 year oil in there that yeah okay you don't you don't worry about things like that right <laughs> oh i don't i think it's funny i love the guy i was busting his balls <laughs> I, I was gonna put i was gonna they had that list of the winners at loudon and i was gonna send it to him and be like what happened your name's not on here what happened your eight inch right height didn't work 
<laughs> I told him I got my Mr. T starter kit like his. I was showing him. I had it. Hey, I said, hey, look, I got my gold chain like yours. He's like, you need like 60 more grams to be where I am. Uh... <laughs> that guy shot. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I've, I've never seen that guy in my life, but I love watching stuff. <laughs> he's to me he's like bigfoot i've never seen him in person i've only seen pictures yeah he's just as much of a weapon in person as he <laughs> is on the internet like i've we were talking about bobby MacArthur that used to own star speedway there for like 12 minutes before all the checks bounce he legitimately the couple times i saw him pink cutoff sweatshirt work boots like cargo shorts and a big gold chain does he, he does, only he only owned it for 12 minutes I don't know. It was probably that's two like or three years, as, but that was like as long as Bill Belichick being the Jets coach. <laughs> yeah, same idea. Does he that's talk awesome. in all caps too, or just type? What's that? Does he talk in all caps too, or just I, type? probably? <laughs> he's probably yelling when he's talking. <laughs> he's yelling when he's typing. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so you brought up you brought up your wife a second ago. She was a racer too. Talk about talk about her. I for sure was fangirling over her when I sat at a table with you at a wedding because I knew she used to race 350 supers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I that's where I met her was at the racetrack. You know, I watched her race at Stafford and um I don't know. There was I I brought Carrie Malone's car down to um Atlantic City one year. She'll probably get mad if I start talking all about this. She just always says, Don't ever talk about me. But this was back when MySpace <laughs> You can was, blame me. Yeah, back when MySpace was the, the king shit. And I was I was like creeping her MySpace one night and just writing her on that. That's where I contacted her and knew she was out one night. I was like in my hotel by myself, looking out the windows because I knew she was her and Bobby were staying at the same hotel, waiting for her to come home, come come back to the hotel, just so I could go down there and talk to her. Of course, they never did. They never came back. And I went to bed because they were hanging out all night or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, she she's uh, I used to obviously when I first started dating her, she was still racing and stuff, and um, you know, then she just kind of got out of it. She she went to school. She's an anesthesiologist. She works at a hospital. She got a very good job. And, she went to school for that for, you know, I want to say seven or eight years. Um, and, you know, she wanted to, to do that and was afraid that, you know, she can't really take the chance of getting hurt if she gets back behind the wheel of a, a SK light or something. So, um, you know, and now with the kids and stuff, uh, like I was saying before, the priorities change and her priority, her first priority are the kids and mine should be the kids. And unfortunately, it's still racing <laughs> to her. But um, no, she's she's awesome. I mean, the whole family, obviously, Bobby is a wheel man. I might be biased, but the, the kid is you go out there and watch him do what he does in those open wheel car midgets and sprint cars and stuff. It's oh, man, we went to the little 500 one year and I told her, I'm like, we got to go to this race every year because it's just it, it was I couldn't believe it. They start three wide, like 20 deep. I'm like, and it's for 500 laps and they're pitting under green and going laps down and then they get their laps back. It was just unreal but um yeah they're just a great family i'm very you know fortunate enough to uh to have her um obviously she lets me do what i want to do obviously if i'm playing hockey two or three nights a week and then racing uh you know and she takes care of the kids when i go to the racetrack so um you know i love her to death and and all those guys the whole santos family is just they're awesome and um it would be cool to see her back behind the wheel i think she'd be you know really good in an sk light or something but Right now, we just, uh, I'm still racing, and I'm probably, I'm thinking if we got, you know, the kids are, you got a pick at and a Santos in the blood, that's probably going to be the next thing. So hopefully, uh, we'll get them golf clubs or something else. But I'm thinking <laughs> they're probably going to want to be doing some racing here, uh, 
you know, in the near future. It, it sounds like you, uh, you, you made quite a little combination there for, for children, but um, <laughs> you've obviously done a lot of things. You've accomplished a lot of things. Um, but what's, what's on the bucket list for you, man? What, what's something that you've never done that you've always wanted to do? Um, again, like I said, I, when I was running the tour, I felt like, okay, I could win at Stavra, I could win at Thompson, I could win at my home tracks, but I wanted to go out and win other places. Uh, Loudon was a big place where I always wanted to win and felt like I struggled there trying to figure out the draft and when to pull out, not when to pull out. I mean, like it's a, it's a big mind, uh, mind chess match, mind game there. And once I figured that out, I started accomplishing there and that was really cool. Um, I feel like Monadnock is a place where I ran really good. Uh, had a lot of seconds. I won a, I did win a late model race there, but I feel like that's another, a place where I feel like I'm owed a win. <laughs> I, you know, I was really close in an MRS race there. I was really close in a tri-track race there. I finished uh, second to Doug Colby, C-O-L-B-Y, um, <laughs> uh, in one of the tour races up there. Um, so I feel like it would be cool to win a race there. Just just win, you know, win races at other tracks that I haven't done. Um, if I was ever to get another opportunity where I could run on the tour again and compete for a championship, that would be really cool. But at the end of the day, if that don't happen, you know, that's not the end of the world. And again, like I said, to the biggest thing would be to try to probably, if I could try to win a hundred races at Stafford, that would be uh, a really cool feat. To, I think to me, even if Keith does go by me, which I'm sure he will, um, but that would be pretty cool. Is there a type of car you've never driven that you want to drive? Um, I don't know. I, I always would, I really, I'd like to, just because I never did it, I practice one, but I'd like to try a dirt modified just because my uncle always did it. And a lot of people always thought that that was the way that I would go. And I remember growing up and being like, all right, if I'm still running Stafford when I'm 30, I'm going to go to Lebanon Valley and race dirt on the weekends. And then I'm like, well, if I'm still there when I'm 35, you know, if I'm still, I keep saying it every five years, but I've never done it. So but the only problem with that is like, it's so different, you know, it's like, where do you start? You're starting all over again, I guess. But I mean, you see some people do it like Jimmy Blewett does it. He goes back and forth from dirt. Um, and you see the gal kid, Jeff Gallup's doing it and he's succeeding. Um, you know, Chase is trying to do it. I, to me, I almost feel like he's kind of got a lot going on and he's in a good spot with Ben where I think I would just, you know, concentrate on the asphalt deal, but he also has a great opportunity and he has a guy that's been with him forever. Um, that owns the dirt car. So, you know, I can see where he's coming from there, but I think that would be cool. It would be to try a dirt modified at Lemon Valley or somewhere just, just listening to them and seeing what they do and how they pound those things down in the corner to me that I think that would be pretty cool to try. So Call up your old car owners on the tour and just have them put you in one of their dirt cars instead. Who, Buzzy? Yeah. We tried it. I got a little video. We went up to Weedsport and ran, a, I think it was Jimmy Phelps' car. And I went out there and uh, Super Matt come blowing by me, scared. To <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I've never even sat in a dirt car before. And this was like back before Max McLaughlin was like as big as he is now. He was up there. Um, I think he ended up driving. This was before he drove for um for hanky and those guys but he was kind of there testing too um and again it was a great opportunity to do but at that time i wouldn't be able to i mean every racetrack up there is three hours away from where i live and they're like wednesday nights thursday nights friday nights i could just i just couldn't do that unfortunately but i don't know maybe one of these days i can 
I, I'm driving for Jimmy Page again this year, the double zero. He's in Blackstone, which is the next town over. And he's a huge Billy to Kid guy. He always has been engine builder. And um, he's doing a lot of dirt stuff. He does a lot of dirt stuff for Boshu and for uh, Stu Friesen and those guys. So I know he's got that itch. <laughs> so I'm going to maybe try to beat down on his door within the next couple of years and see if I can get him to, to maybe get a dirt car and maybe we can go play somewhere and do something. But uh, I don't know. We got to, we got to just focus on what we got around here. The sizzler is going to be a big deal this year. I, I feel like that's going to be the biggest race. Um, definitely biggest race of the year in new England, if not the country, uh, biggest modified race. I think it's going to probably be bigger than any Whalen modified tour, uh, race, no, nothing against them, but it's going to be huge. The 50th sizzler. And I, I still feel like there's going to be probably another 10 or 12 entries that you'll see. And, um, we're going to go, got to go down there and try to do our best to win that race. For sure, the event that I've had circled on the calendar all, all offseason. But uh, going into 2022, we're, we're used to showing up to pretty much any racetrack, almost any series, and seeing you run. I, I know I was reading an article today that you were, you were backing it down a little bit for 2022. What, what are your plans for the, the full year? Yeah, so the biggest thing is, you know, the open races at Stafford with Dunleavy. Um, we're going to try to do some tri-track racing. I'm, I'm hoping to try to do all the tri-track races with him. Um, I'm still waiting to see what that Waterford tri-track race is going to be. Um, I'm looking at like four races right now with Jimmy Page, the double zero car that Bonsignor drove last year on the tri-track series. Uh, we're going to run Loudon here in a couple weeks. Uh, we're going to run the last MR. It's, it's basically a couple MRS races. So it's the MRS race at Loudon, the MRS race at Thompson at the World Series. Uh, he wants to do the tri-track race at Waterford. And then I'm going to try to get him to go to White Mountain because I love that place. Just that area and everything up there. It's just that place is badass. Uh, that place is just and that's another place where I feel like I can win there. I've been close. So I'm hoping to go there with them. Uh, I'm going to run that athlete model again that I run um, at Thompson for the Hartwell guys. I've been with them for you know a few years now. And it's funny because I used to race against them back when I was doing the, all the different hair colors and stuff back in the early 2000s so it's kind of cool to, to still be with them and um, I'm going to do a couple other act races with that car there that I want at Loudon we're going to do that Loudon race and I think we're going to do that Mananox Sunday race that they're having and then uh, the World Series again that's the 07 car uh, for Bob Phil and then I'm going to do that one race at Claremont open Cla open race at Claremont for Stan Mertz the six car that I've ran for the last couple races and I think that's pretty much about it. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's still, you know, 28 to 30 races and, um, you know, maybe add a couple late model races at white mountain. If, if everything goes good with the Hartwell guys and, um, you know, maybe add one or two more modified races. I'm not sure about the tour. I know Dunleavy, I talked about maybe doing some tour races, but I don't know if it's going to be worth getting all the NASCAR licenses in and all that stuff. Um, you know, getting everything up to date, the seat up to date and all that stuff for, you know, two or three races. But if we can do it, then I would say it'd probably be like the Loudon Mananoc race. Um, and then maybe like one or, one or two of the Thompsons at the end of the year. But again, it'll be full. And, you know, it's cool to see, like looking at my calendar, a lot of the weekends, once I get through April, uh, it's only like really one Saturday each month. So it'll give me a, a more weekends to spend with the family, which will be cool. And I don't know. I might be, I might try to get Weston down there on that Monday night uh, go-kart thing at Stafford. I got a guy that's, you know, said he'd let me try the car, the little cub cart or whatever they're called, if he wants to try it. So 
I'm going to try to get it up here and rip, have them rip it around my little cova sack out here. It's like the, the little, um, what do you want to call it? It's like a little seacock out here. <laughs> no straightaways, just turning. So try to get them out there and see if he likes it and then maybe bring them down there on a Monday night and see how he does. So we'll be, we'll be staying busy like normal. Yeah, I was going to say, you just, you, you just said that it didn't seem like it was a lot. That sound, sounded like it was quite a bit actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I mean, I've got people that want me to run Stafford weekly and this and that. And I just, the Fridays are tough. My wife works Monday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I, bring the kids to daycare and pick them up those days and she would have to change the day. And it's especially now with the way of the world is and everything, it's so hard. They're looking for help at the hospitals left and right. So, you know, if she can pick up time, it's great. So unfortunately right now, just the weekly stuff, I can't do every week, but I can keep doing these, you know, every once in a while things. And I like it. And, you know, maybe it'll give us some time to do some more travel and watch Bobby do some more races out West and, uh, and that's it. I guess, like I said, it always, every year it's like, yeah, I'm going to back down. But then when you start writing it down, it doesn't really look like you're backing down at all. <laughs> I going to say my, my schedule this year is one of my more aggressive ones. And your backed down schedule is like 10 to 15 more races than I have this year. So. Yeah. I hear you. Well, we just keep digging. I was, I was a little bummed. I didn't hear the SBM 125 at star on your, on your proposed schedule though. Oh, no, that's a tri-track race. All right, so you are going to be at that one? Yeah, we plan on being at that one. We plan on doing all the tri-tracks as long as, you know, everything goes well at the first one and and Doug likes it. We'll be there for that one. Perfect. Want to try try a 350 Super in practice? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. I'll come find you that day. (laughs) I'll rip it. Bobby, does your dad know how many people you've asked that question to? He doesn't care. He he <laughs> just he just thinks it's cool that his son gets to talk to all these race car drivers on the internet. So <laughs> yeah, so I, I, if, I'd love to try it. I tried Bobby. We had Bobby's USAC Silver Crown car or something at Thompson one time. I was shaking it down before they drove it, and I tried to go full throttle on front straightaway and think they're right. And I thought I was going to pound the fence. I was like, never had so much horsepower in my life. I'm like, if, I don't know how they drive this thing, but. Super modifieds do the same thing at Thompson. Everybody tells you, oh, it's it's gonna try to exit the crossover gate. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then you get out there and you get wide open and it hangs right in the middle of the straightaway. Yeah. Erica said the same thing with the midget there. I think the the right front tire wanted to come off the off the ground or something crazy like that. Uh, it's nuts. <laughs> that that sounds like it would get your attention very, very, very quickly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, there's some drivers that you got you you just got to be like that too, that you're racing away. Like you're going down the straightaway and you're, you tense up and hold the wheel. Cause you don't know if the guy's just going to hook a left on you and try to put you in the infield. <laughs> Other than potentially uh, barrel rolling a sprint car. Uh, have you ever been actually like genuinely scared in a race car before? Mm, not really. I get the nerves. It's not as bad now, but I just, I get nervous. Like before I go out, like when you're sitting out back, because I don't know, you just feel like you're always out back waiting it's like that, you know, get back there, get back there. And then you're sitting there waiting now, just being older and doing it and being in so many different divisions and doing it, I'll get out and try to watch. Cause I like to watch, you know, like Teddy used to always go up there and watch. I, I like to watch the younger kids and see what's going on, seeing how they're doing and what their lines are and stuff. And, um, but that's about it. Usually I've never feel like I've ever been like scared out on the track. Um, I, I guess maybe Loudon for the first time. Cause when I did get the opportunity to run the, the modified tour, my first race was Thompson. And then my second race was Loudon. <laughs> so I remember like sitting in the trailer and they're like, Hey, practice is going like, are you going to go out there? And 
And I'm like, oh, I guess. Like, I'm ready to puke. But so I just remember going out there. But once you get out there, you got so much stuff going on in your mind. It's like the same thing. Like, you're out back and like, oh, man, I got to take a piss. I got to, go, you know, go somewhere. I'm going to piss my pants on a track. And then you get out there, it goes away. You got so much thing go- going on in your mind, what you're going to do, who you're going to set the guy up. You know, what you're going to do this lap. Okay, caution's out. Who are you starting with? What are you going to do on this restart? There's just a gazillion things going on through your mind that you just, I don't know. I don't even know if you even really think about it. You know, it's deep down inside, you know. I know that day that I climbed the fence there, you know, the backstretch wall at the tri-track race at Stafford. I wasn't scared, but I did see the fuel pouring out of the carburetor. And, you know, John McKennedy's underneath me yelling, fuel, you know, fuel, fuel. And I knew, like, that was one of the races that year that, one of the few races that my wife was there and all my kids were. So I'm like, all right, I got to get the hell out of here. Cause I, if something happens, I'm not burning up in this thing. I just want to get out as quick as I can and let them know I'm okay. So that's when I just got that bailed out of there, <laughs> went out of the passenger side and just got out as quick as I could. So they knew I was all right. But besides that, it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things that you don't think about it until you see something tragic happen. And then that's when you start thinking, all right, you know, this really can happen, but you just, we know getting in that anything can happen. So, so you talked about going up and actually watching the races a little bit before you actually hop in the car and go out and, and you're watching the younger generation. So for, from, you know, the Woody pig cat, in your opinion, who are some of the young guns we have to look out for in, in the coming years? Yeah. I mean, I got my little secret spot. I don't tell anybody. I go down into turn three at Stafford um, after we, you know, get out back. It's like where the camera guy goes. I, I post some pictures of it sometimes if you look, but it's like up in the trees getting down. And you can watch them coming, getting down in a three. I say it's the best seat in the house. Um, but I, I, I haven't watched a lot because I'm obviously not there weekly, but for the races that I am there and I can watch, I, I see, um, you know, I see, um, I like uh, George Bissett's kid. He looks like he's going to be good. Um, obviously, Tyler Berry is going to be coming up. He's going to be good. He's got obviously a good background with Kenny and all those guys, um, you know, and then even they're not as young, but you got obviously Mikey Jr. I got a, a lot of respect for him. I think he's going to be really good. Um, it's unfortunate that he doesn't have Uncle Ted around because he was, you know, a big teacher for him and could really help him and, and bring him under his wing when, when he was around. So that's obviously tough, but he's, you know, he's every year he's showing and he's got good backers and he's got his dad and stuff. So, He's in a good spot. Um, um, Narducci, I think he's uh, a little rough around the edges, but he's, he's a good wheel man. He showed that he can get the job done. And, you know, that's it's all with time. I mean, I was the same way. Um, you know, you learn every year and you mature and you get better and you're OK. I know why I was an idiot for doing that four years ago, um, you know, and it's just I don't know. Like I said, I haven't watched a lot of them, but those are a couple of guys I like Rafano. I think he's doing a really good for the way that he got into it and got involved with it. Um, you know, he didn't have a huge background in it, but, and then you got all these, you know, younger kids coming up from the cards. Um, I, I don't know. Those, those are a couple names that, you know, first come to my attention that I see. Um, I don't know a bunch of um, what's, what's that kid there that won the championship. Um, Debus, Derek, Derek Debus. I don't know a lot about him, but, He's obviously very talented. I can see he can, he can get the job done. But um, like I said, I, I'm not there all the time, so I can't see. It's just the six or eight races a year that I'm there. I try to get up there and watch when I can. Yeah, between Derek Davis and George Bissett, they put on quite the clinic in the SK Lights last year. So those are yeah. 
two good names to throw out there. I just, I just, I got a lot of memories of his old man running the pro stock up at Thompson. He was just mad dog. Hey, mad dog. He's just a wild man. And he's, he's got a good relationship with Dunleavy and stuff. So it's, it's, it's cool to see where the kids come from. You know, it's just, it's just crazy. It's, it's a whole different deal. You know, it's like Bobby Santos, when he got into it, he was, he came in an age where he was like, he had to be old, older or, or, or the, or he was like, no, he wasn't old enough. Right. Now the kids, you had to be 16 or 18. And then the age thing kind of changed it. And then now you see, it's all what Stafford is 14, I think, right. To run a dare car and 15 to run SK light. It's just, it's unreal to think like, like my daughter could race right now. She's 14 years old. She could run dare stock. It's, it's just, it's unreal. <laughs> my dad raced uh, super modifieds weekly at star the big blocks when bobby was running small blocks and he always like oh yeah this kid's been 16 for three years now i don't know what's going on yeah i, I mean andrew moeller i asked him one day i was just joking i'm like i saw him i'm like how old are you and he goes i don't know ask my dad <laughs> <laughs> like he's another one that's been 18 for for five years but teddy used to be like that too every year you'd look in the he's like he was like 55 or 56 for like four years it's like are you kidding me every year you look in the in the program 56 56 56 <laughs> it's awesome have you ever been uh afraid behind the net or uh, standing in goal playing net have you ever like been standing there and just right got taken on like right off the melon and just got like i don't know not, so, not scared but it, does that piss you off as much as the, the pickup goalies around here no, that the head hunting thing definitely pisses me off. But I'll tell you right now, it doesn't make any sense. And I tell these guys, if we go like so, when I played in Connecticut, it, there was no overtime. If it was a tie, you'd go right to a shootout. So I would get so nerved up, like I would get more nervous. I'll go down to Bristol and knock the wall down in the '79 car and be fine. But if we go in the shootout, I'm so nervous for it. I just get even like last night with the playoff game. I get all like. I'm all freaked out. I had to take a fireball nip and suck one down before the game to try to calm the nerves down because I just, I don't know, I just get all juiced up before it. It's like in the shootout, it's like, it's on, it's on the goalie. It's like, no matter what happens, it's, it's going to be the goalie's fault if you win or lose. So, so I get so from one goalie to another, cause I played <laughs> goal for about 10 years all the way through school mm -hmm. at best. If you have done your job, the score is zero. And right. that, that's, that's what nobody like you have, you can't, like go and like i mean you could it'd be a hell of a fucking video but like you could you can't really take the puck all the way down and try and do anything cool but like at best if you do your job you're just you're keeping it zero you're you you're keeping it right. down, and that that's the best that you can do and i remember so vividly like through school and all that stuff especially if you're only up by one and there's like three minutes left and you get mm -hmm. you just you're just staring at that fucking clock and that three right. minutes turns into like an hour it feels like and you yep. start shaking but the number one thing that would always piss me off warm-ups this is your own team your oh, yeah. own team they're taking slap shots from the fucking hash marks it's like what are you trying to hurt me before oh, they, yeah. and then it just doesn't register they don't get it you're like no you this isn't helping anybody yeah, you get nut blasted right before the – now you're pissed off before the game even starts. Yeah, it's sick. Thanks. That's that's what I needed. Yeah, no, I, I know. one time my knee boards on my pads, they were like just a pube too small, and I'd go down <laughs> to the butterfly, and I, I would get fucking slap shots right on the top of the knee, like in my thigh, and you can't yeah. move. You're it, it, like – there's sometimes it doesn't even hurt, but your leg's just like we're not, we're not legging right now. We're not – right. <laughs> and it's, it's the worst feeling ever. 
I'm still waiting to get blasted in the throat because I always get it like right up here, like up in like your collarbone. And then I wear the throat guard, but it's like if you're trying to look down, like, uh, you, you know, if it's all close and you got it all jammed up in your throat. So it's like, fuck that. You, I'm gonna... you have the dangler? No, that's what I'm saying. When you have the dangler, if you're if you're like, you know, covering the post low or something and you're trying to look down, it's all jammed up. So I'm like, I ain't doing that. So I get rid of that. And then someone takes a slap shot and you try to look down and you get a blasted off your collarbone. I got to get one of those like those stupid neck things. And I, I guess they have all kinds of shit. Now you start looking. The, the, and the price of stuff nowadays, like, I ain't going to spend Dude, 20 bucks. equipment money. is just as much as a race car. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's, re- it yeah, even it's insane. <laughs> I, I bought a stick at Gully Monkey, and that's all I get. All these emails, I'm like, I got to unsubscribe to this shit because I'm going to go there one day with my credit card and drop three grand, and I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I'm afraid to take slap shots. I'm still, I, I'm still using an Easton stick that I've had for probably like six or seven years. So I go out there. And you got to get I'm gonna one T and I'll be afraid it's gonna fold over on me. You gotta get those sick Milex with the screw in it, the plastic. Yeah, blade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that last night. Like, Where do you guys come up with this shit? Either that or one of them nineteen dollar fucking Sherwood, just straight wooden deals, and just really go out there hacking around. I remember the first time, so I I actually learned how to. I, I played street hockey for a long time, so I didn't know how to ice skate. My none of my family really ice skated, so I learned how to ice skate about five years after I started playing hockey. So I had a wicked, I had a wicked wrister, and I remember I like went out there one time in warm ups like for pickup hockey and rifled one off the goalie's head, and he like started charging at me. And like if you can imagine Bambi trying to like escape a fucking grown man, I was like fifteen. The guy's like chasing after me and shit. But so now, like almost ever since that day, I think maybe maybe a little bit later on, I, I rifled one off a goalie's forehead, and ever since now for the first before the puck drops or before we start playing, I'll go in there with the weakest wristers of all time. <laughs> And then the game starts and I'll go in there and just whistle one as hard as I can. Usually miss the net high and off the glass, but you know, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's awesome. good for you guys. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't get nervous out on the ice. It's good for me because I'm just kind of out there as a plug cherry picking, but I got a little nervous when I went to go ask you that question. Cause I asked you if you got nervous standing behind the net, which you definitely don't stand behind. No, nope. <laughs> I'm, right I'm the idiot standing in it. So oh, I didn't even hear it. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, that's good. I shouldn't have even brought it up. No, that's all good. Like I said, for some reason, it's just, I don't know. I like even last night, you know, it was a team that smoked us seven to one last time we played. So I was already nervous because obviously it's, you want to win. Um, but the first three goals that they scored were all gifts. And I'm like, after the first period, I'm like, if I can stop fucking you guys, we, we, we might have a shot at winning this game. They're like, don't worry about it. I don't know. And I, I always like, that's another thing too. It's like when you're in there and they're down the other end, like, as a goalie that's the biggest thing if, if they're down the other end and you're sitting down there like you could just like pull the grill out and start like putting steaks out on the grill and stuff because you're not doing anything like that's the worst thing because then they you know they're down the, the other end for three minutes and then they come down and put one shot on you and you let it in it's like what the fuck like what are you doing it's like dude i have i'm down here iced man it's like <laughs> i'm not doing nothing i'm pulling the grill out getting ready to see what you guys want for steaks or what you want for hamburgers and it's like, it, it, it's hard, you know, and, and I always, that's one thing I don't do. And I think that's one thing a lot of those guys respect is, um, is I don't give up no matter what the score is. We'll be down four to one. I'll still try to, to make the save. And, and I don't know if you see it. I know I, I can see it. If I make one or two like big, big stops, nine times out of 10, usually like they see that and they'll go down the other end and score a goal. It happens all the time. It's the craziest thing that you ever can imagine as a goalie. It's like bang, bang, bang. You make two, three, six saves. They go down the other end and score and it's just you're like fuck yeah like that's awesome like 
they saw what I did and they got pumped after, you know, me making the big save and they went down there and, 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 and tried to do what they could to, to put one in the net. So it's, it's, it's cool. It's definitely a different thing. And that's the other thing sometimes is uh, when you're in the net and you start thinking about stuff, like I'll start thinking about like, whatever, what's going on at home or thinking about the racing or, okay, what's the next race coming up? Next thing you know, they come down, they score a goal. It's like, it's so hard to like stay in the zone for that whole, you know, 60 minutes or whatever it is. I don't know. It's running time over there. So it's 45 minutes, but it's just so hard to try to stay in that zone for the whole time. (laughs) And it it seems as though like I went and I actually played hockey today on my lunch break. And it seems as though the more time spent in the other end, it just seems like it's an odd man break coming back the other way every time. So it was just one on one on two on one. And I felt bad that luckily I do respect the hell out of that goalies that don't give up because every once in a while I'll just cherry pick for a whole period and just go down and score three goals. And then every time I skate down, the guy won't even move a muscle and I'll just. I see that all the time. And that's another thing too. If you can go up, it's huge. If you go up one nothing compared to them going up on you one nothing, or you go up one nothing or two nothing, then they're the pressure's on them. You see them, you know, trying too hard, fucking missing the, the goal, hitting the backboards, or it's just sloppy. That's what I love. If, if you can go up one or two, then the balls in your court are ready at, at the start. But yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. I love it. I could, I could. That's another thing I could just talk talk about forever because it's just so much fun. It's just so cool. <laughs> the group of people that I have. It, both places that I play at they're just they're awesome people they're so supportive you know I I, when the COVID hit I our our place closed so I had an opportunity to play in Rhode Island and they brought me right in like I was one of them and it's just over there with COVID going on Rhode Island was like Florida like they didn't give a shit like we were supposed to be wearing the masks and you know five four or five people to a locker room and everybody's in one locker room partying and stuff it was just it was nuts it was just like Florida. It's like, whatever. <laughs> just if you don't feel good, don't come to hockey. <laughs> There's definitely no rules in Florida at all. No. no. The other thing we were, the other thing we were talking about too. So one night after hockey, they did, they're doing the handshake and the guy like full fledged, just knocked the guy out, like full fledged punch during the handshake, knocked the guy out, got suspended for two games. And I was telling my, I was telling my wife about it the next day. And she's like, that's like the only place where you can like do that and not get arrested. Like you can just full fledged, just, get in a fight, knock somebody out, do whatever, and not, not get arrested. I'm that's like, yeah, that's, tr- that's, that's true. That's pretty cool. I'll have to remember that next time. <laughs> two, two games is fucking nuts. That should have, that should be like a season long suspension. I know. <laughs> I know. The only other place you can do that is the Oscars, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. A- oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But it was staged. Oh yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, so, so we do, uh, this is a racing podcast too, uh, for whatever, it's okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but we do have a Patreon account. So anybody listening, they can head on over to wherever you can get the Patreon app. And yep. if you become one of our pals on Patreon for $4 and 69 cents a month, they are able to ask you questions on the show. So we have some fan mail here. Uh, okay. Ryan B asks, uh, what is your favorite toy story character and why is it Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not buzz <laughs> um i don't know if i have a favorite one it could be woody but then sometimes like what's his face doesn't want to play with him and throws him on the ground so um and then the last one's kind of sad but uh, i don't know i like the claw thing the guy's like claw the claw i come save him so it's either it's that or woody i guess <laughs> obviously if my name's woody then i gotta like woody but Buzz was my car owner, so that was good, too. <laughs> that seems fair. Um, Alex Krakowski, I think I said that right, 
Uh, what's the funniest racing altercation you've gotten into and who was it with? Um, I don't know if it was funny or if I was, <laughs> I mean, there was the, the one video that they just posted on Stafford's thing with Ryan Priest. Um, a couple, it was 2015, I think when I was running for Adam Scavera, that one was pretty funny. I feel like, cause what happened afterwards, like after we got wrecked and I was like, they showed the whole thing calling out about how I'm like, Oh yeah, Ryan, you know, he, all I can do is win seconds. Never good. It's either win or, or racking. And I was like, all right, that one's in the memory bank or whatever. So after the race was over and he, we knew that he was going across the track. We're like, all right, well, he's going to be to his pit stall or to his back to his trailer by himself. Um, like, let's go. Like his whole, all his crew guys and stuff are still in the infield. Like, let's get our asses out there and let's, let's beat them down. You know? So we're like running across the track as quick as we can. And we're rolling around the barn, you know, like the barn that they have there in the center. Um, and we got like our tire cart and our pit box. So the guy pulling the tire cart stops right in front of Ryan. So Ryan's going to stop. So now we're just yelling at him and my tire guy, like full fledged Tom takes his hands like and tomahawks his roof and just buckles his roof to shit. So Ryan's like, all right, I'm getting out of the car, right? He's, he's had enough. So he gets ready to get out of the car and my car owner just full fledged, just punches him right in the side of the face, cold cocks him while he's in the car. And I was like, Whoa, like this is getting out of hand now. Like first we were like, you know, like let's go down there and then have an altercation with him. Cause he's going to be by himself. And then to me, it just kind of got like a little out of hand, but that was one of them that was pretty funny. And then there was one year I was running for a championship in a late model and I got into something with Adam Gray. And I said after the race that he was like a meatball grinder, I call them. I'm like, this guy's a meatball. He's like a meatball grinder. So we went into the last race and I pretty much had the championship already locked up. I don't know. Cause I just thought he was a meathead. Like, I'm like, this guy's a meathead. He's like a meatball. I raced with so, his dad. His dad was a meathead. Yeah. So the last race of the year, we're running for the championship. The guy hooks me on the back straightaway, like lap four destroys my car. Right. I cut and I had another car. Like I had a teammate. So I'm like, I'm in the infield unloading on Chuck Santarski. I'm like, you're not going to park this guy. Like he fucking blatantly wrecked me. We're running for the championship. And I was like losing it in the infield. And we still, we ended up winning. Like the whole, my car was destroyed. Like we brought it, it had no left side door, no quarter panel, no nothing. We put the championship sticker like right on the, the roll cage. <laughs> <laughs> so that, but I, like I said, like now I, he won the championship the following year and I sent him a card and I wrote two meat, two meatball on it, to meatball grinder or something. And again, it's just, it's funny. It, it, it obviously the heat of the moment, the shit pisses you off, but when, all said and done nobody's there out there to blatantly wreck anybody on purpose i mean maybe adam was because of what i said but um there was one night that uh what the hell's his name he got me up at uh oh talman troy talman he got me he talman me up at thompson and put me in the infield and i went sliding through the infield and still to this day it's 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 not one of gopro videos i got one hand on the steering wheel one hand on the shifter i drift through the whole thing get up back up on the track uh, grab a gear and keep going. And I just remembered going to the scales at the end of the race and just screaming at him like, this is bull crap, you know, and told him like, you could have killed somebody, this and that, and then whatever it was, what it was. So, um, those are, those are, that's about it. those are good answers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt Gain asks, uh, first time schmedium time. Uh, my question for Mr. Pickett is, uh, fuck, Mary kill Ryan priest, uh, Christopher, any and all, and Doug Kobe. Kobe or Colby? Uh, C O B Y is how he spelled it. Yeah, C O L B Y. 
So I missed, I missed. Uh, fuck, Mary kill. Ryan Priest, any and all of the Christophers, and Doug Kobe. Okay, so who does he like? No, it's you. You got to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, so, I'm so old, I don't even know. Uh, it's showing. So, I got to... I'm going to fuck Ryan Priest because he's a cup guy. He's going to have money. <laughs> I mean, marry him. That's it. I'll marry him. Okay. And I'll fuck Junior, one of the Christophers, right? Yeah. <laughs> Us too. Is it any Christopher? A- any and all. Yeah. Okay. And then <laughs> I don't even know who that first person was that they said. Well, the third one was Kobe. Third one was Doug Kobe. No. Kobe. Well, what else am I trying to do? I'm trying fuck to marry Kill. Kill Ryan Priest, any or all of the Christophers, and Doug Kobe. Um, so you're, guess you're, you're basically down to killing Doug Kobe. Well, what I thought there was a chick that you said at first. Nope, not even once. There was Mill Kilmer or whatever. Or, who, or was that was the person that wanted the question? No, his name was Matt Gain, and he's the one asking the question. Oh, uh, <laughs> my crew guys. <laughs> do want, yeah, do you want yeah, to we'll, ask Matt Gain? Is that what you're saying? No, no, we'll kill Kobe. <laughs> we can kill him off he's had a lot of success okay, fair enough. and then uh lastly daniel eugene kaminsky we like a daniel eugene uh oh, yeah. we kind of we touched on it earlier but does erica ever think about getting back into the driver's seat um i don't think so i mean we talked to, about it from time to time but we hit on it a little bit earlier i just like i said with the kids and and with her job i just she don't want to ever ever take a chance of you know, breaking an arm or something. And if she wanted to be able to work, then that would not be a good deal. So um, I think she just likes supporting me and her brother and, and uh, obviously taking care of the kids. So I got one last question for you. Um, I think it'd be a good way to end this. You got to go play hockey anyway. Um, How come come girls can't sleep on their sides? Um, There's, I think there's only one reason because they ain't got a kickstand. (laughs) (laughs) That is, uh, and that is Woody Pickcat. <laughs> when you hear that joke when it's when you're 10 or 11 years old, it's the funniest thing as hell. <laughs> I thought it was funny at 29. So yeah, no, that's that's still. I mean, it's kickstand fab. The guy's business is all because of that. Well, well, that that makes sense, I guess. Uh, yep. so, so last question for you, then we'll let you go play hockey. Way right. uh, we like to, way I like to end out every show here. Um, you know, there's. A lot of different reasons. A lot of different people go to the racetrack, whether it's speed going, you know, just going fast, whether it's the people, whether it's the atmosphere, whether they just like to eat a hot dog and sit on wooden bleachers. Um, but what is it that brings Woody Pitcat to the racetrack every single week? I, I, when I first did it, it was just the thrill and the speed and, and everything going on and, and just, you know, being in, in control of what you, your own destiny really. But now being older and um, seeing like, the teams that I'm with now and getting some of the people back that were involved with me in the early two thousands and mid two thousands, it's just really cool to, to obviously to embrace and, and accomplish and win. And obviously at the end of the day, the driver gets all the recognition uh, and when they win and the crew doesn't get as much, but I feel like the crew, you know, my crew and everybody just they're, they're, they, they're such, they're just as excited as, as I am when we win. And it's just great to be able to share that with everybody, have great car owners and great teams and, and, and just great people surrounding me. And, and I just love to see the smiles on their faces just as much as I do. So that's the biggest thing I think. And I don't know, I just, like I said, I just love the thrill and love the speed and, and love doing it and keep doing it as long as I can. 
Well, I, I can respect all that. And I think we all appreciate that. And we appreciate your time. Uh, do us all a favor, go get a shout out for us. Uh, this has been episode 160. So thanks for coming on, man. And uh, I, the only sixties I can think of are Matt Hirschman and DJ Shaw. Joey Parker. Joey Parker. Yeah. For, for, what it's, for what it's worth, Woody, you were the, that was the most fun I've ever had at a wedding was the night I sat with you guys at Andrew Trachinskis' wedding. And that was bad. <laughs> that was a rough night. She, I wanted to drive home. Oh, no, you, I, I don't even know how much I drank. I was, all of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a good night. So, yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, you give your kid his iPad back now. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. I got to you. You. get some decals and stuff for the car. So, sir, sounds good. We'll come find you. All right. Awesome. Race car, race car. Here we go, race car.